Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not any fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This is, is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. Hello and welcome to the show. A great show, a tremendous show. Glad I made you laugh. Terrific show. Frankly, the best. Ask anyone. That's what Donald Trump was tweeting in between ripping military families anyway. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt. You know me by my YouTube moniker Skag3. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host Rebecca Blonde. Hello. And you described yourself as a, your look, I should say, as a slutty hostess at a beer garden tonight. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. And I'm going with No Effort Lumberjack, a recurring theme on the show. Yep. Um, No Effort Lumberjack and slutty beer garden hostess. Coming at you live every Sunday night like we always do. It's post-convention weekend. You've heard the Democrats. You've heard the Republicans. Who won? Who lost? We'll sort it all out tonight. All this and more on your favorite hour of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for emailing us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Nice and short intro from me because things are finally quieting down. We have less announcements, less events, less chaos all around. uh, And that's relaxing. And you were just telling me how you quit the internet for, what, 48 hours or something? I did. You know, sometimes it's just too gloomy and I wanted to take a little break in between terrorist attacks. (laughs) <laughs> and they're they're coming in the next few weeks. They're coming, and I'm like, all right, we got 48 hours. Let's go. Yeah, that, and that's a good run. We need one of those signs, basically. You know, <laughs> you think of those industrial workplaces yeah. where like X amount of days since last attack. Yeah, we need so many hours uh, since last workplace incident. I should say, not terrorist attack. Confusing all my stuff. In my in the <laughs> I place I would work as a lumberjack, there'd be one of those signs that says X days <laughs> since last incident. I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Lumberjacks can email the show. Beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. <laughs> tell me if I'm right or not. Anyway, um, I had planned to go pretty much wall-to-wall RNC and DNC, breaking it down, figuring out some of the meaty topics from either convention. So there are a few to me. Uh, I want to get into this. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Khan, Kazir Khan. This gold star father uh, who spoke at the DNC, who is now in this battle with Donald Trump about what's appropriate to say and what's not to military families, particularly gold star families who, uh, if you're not aware, have lost uh, uh, a son in, in combat uh, or a daughter. Uh, I, I suppose there are a few uh, gold star daughter families as well. Um, I also want to talk about, I don't know, I want to talk about the, a few things with the DNC because I think the <clears throat> DNC is issue conflation everywhere. So we can we can hop right into that if you're cool with that. And the, yeah. the, the things I think that are conflated at the DNC, making issues out of out of controversy for the wrong reasons. So first off, the way that the DNC leaks have been twisted not into an indictment of Hillary Clinton <laughs> and the corruption within the now it's all about Russia and now it's Donald Trump's fault for encouraging oh, Russia. It's not about what was in the leaks. It's about how the leaks were acqu- were acquired, uh, which I guess is important to an extent if it's a national security issue. But to me, the corruption within the leaks themselves should be the bigger issue. And it seemed like there were plenty of people at the DNC, the Bernie bros, everyone was ripping, who are pissed. And oh, I yeah. think they should be. Oh, yeah. I saw a Mike Cernovich uh, segment on Stefan Molyneux the other day. And he said that at some point, um, like 2,000 people that were Bernie protesters got up and left their seats. And then the lights went out. Apparently, this was all on Periscope. The lights went out. And within 10 minutes, they were refilled with other people. And allegedly white noise machines, too. I saw some social media. Yeah, social media video of these speakers, which I've never seen before. But they're white noise machines that will sound like. White noise, I guess, but the purpose is to drown out booze or other heckling of Hillary. Ah, so you can't sense. hear it. Um, and and based on the media coverage that I saw, you wouldn't think there was heavy resistance to Hillary, but based on social media videos and 
what I've seen from other people who are on scene. By the way, I think maybe we picked the, the wrong convention to I go know. to controversy wise. Who would have thought? I would have yeah, thought. I, we, sh- we should have had the foresight. The left eats itself <laughs> now. Remember. Remember that. They don't but protest the right. on this scale and the WikiLeaks, that was that was unpredictable. Yeah. but And and, th- and somehow this issue has turned into Donald Trump's fault, as a lot of these have. So there was that conflation that really bothers me. It's not about what's in the leaks that show, by the way, uh, pretty serious corruption in terms of the DNC's handling of the yeah. uh, Democratic primaries. It clearly looks like it wasn't particularly fair or unbiased or impartial. So you've got that. But no, it's all about the Russians and it's all about Julian Assange and it's all about Donald Trump and this big conspiracy. Uh, Uh, What was the... I saw a comparison someone posted on social media, which I thought was kind of right. Like, let's let's say um, your boyfriend or girlfriend or your spouse leaves their computer open at home and it's full of their emails or something like that. And you see them and it turns out there's... I don't know, 50, 100, 200 emails where they've been having this, they've been cheating on you. They've been involved in a romantic relationship with somebody else. And you confront them about this when they get home. And they're pissed at you for reading the emails as a breach of trust. That's kind of the situation we're dealing with here. I have been in that exact situation before as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Well, I'll leave it up to you as to how much personal information to reveal. But well, no, that's the. Ex- I mean, that's that sums up the entire situation. But that's what he said. He was like, you know, shouldn't have been reading my emails. I'm like, well, that's probably true. Right. I mean, I, and I agree that is a small problem. And as a general rule, you would want that trust within the relationship, just like we would want the security around the emails. We'd like not to have the Russians in party emails. However, that does not eliminate uh, or or do away with the big problem that is the corruption within the party. That's still an issue. Right. So there was that conflation. And then this Kazir Khan stuff is driving me nuts. This is absolutely enraging me. And basically what we're dealing with here is a conflation of Donald Trump's Muslim immigration plan with respect for military families generally. And so let me recap the facts here just because I know uh, not everyone is this, is, this is still developing news, so not everyone's completely familiar with it. But my understanding is Mr. Uh, Kazir Khan and his wife uh, came out to speak at the, the Democratic National Committee, and they spoke about their son, who was an army captain killed, uh, I forget if it was Afghanistan or Iraq, but he was killed KIA. Uh, they're a gold star family. They've lost their son to service. That's great. Everyone thanks them for that and, and sympathizes with the sacrifice that their family made. However, they also use that platform uh, for political purposes to attack Donald Trump for his, you know, check the boxes, racism, bigotry, Islamophobia, all of this. So they it certainly was not an apolitical message. It was an anti-Trump message that was also kind of the reason they were there is their son and also their faith to be like, look, right. Trump. We're Muslims who contribute lots to uh, the United States. Rightfully so. That's fine. But you, but you attack him. And then he responds and he says, because the wife didn't speak at all. It was just uh, the father of the fallen soldier. Trump says, why didn't your wife speak? Probably because she's Muslim. Something like that. That is not very tasteful. But who looks to Trump to be tasteful? Oh, that was right on, and you know it. You all know it. That's why everyone loves Trump, because that's what everybody was thinking. She was just standing there, silence, subdued. And, yeah, and that th- woman, not allowed to speak, I guarantee it. Well, she wrote an op-ed. I forget which publication it's in, but she she said that you know my presence there was my message because everyone can see my pain and can see my suffering. And, you know, that's fine. I don't... I'm. I don't... I'm not going to get into the... As a general rule, I don't like to, to rip on service members, military families, all this stuff. However, when you've made it a political message, you invite a political response. And that to me is where all this gets really disingenuous because Kazir Khan's on the tour right now, the media tour. I I watched Meet the Press before this, talking to Chuck Todd. I know he was on CNN. And it's all all these people kind of kissing his ass and potentially some of that is deserved. I mean, again, I don't want to minimize the sacrifice. That is very important. But they're framing this as Trump attacking a gold star family. I mean, 
they didn't go up and talk about military issues and, right. and not mention Trump at all. They didn't go up and just talk about their son and not mention Trump at all. They used it as a platform to attack him and he responded. But now it's like, Trump, no respect for military families. No, no, no. That's not, he didn't, this wasn't unprompted. This was invited. If I blame Trump at all uh, in this situation, it is taking the bait. He shouldn't have taken the bait. Yeah. This is clearly a trap, in my opinion. Yeah. That's my criticism of him, too. He often addresses things that he shouldn't. Like, I don't know if he ever should have issued any kind of statement about the Melania plagiarizing the speech. I don't know if he ever should have said anything about that. Sometimes he should just let these news cycles roll over and just not touch the topics. Um, I mean, I think it was fine that he did. He didn't seem overzealous. Uh, I'm apathetic. I don't care. I'm just, I'm really annoyed. I'm just annoyed by the way this is being framed. As though he is just so anti-military, he just picked out a gold star <laughs> family and said, hey, F you guys. I, right, no, right. No, no, no. I, I want to be as objective as possible in this. And I know I probably have admittedly somewhat of a, a Trump slant, but I just I can't see how it's fair to say Trump doesn't respect military families based on this. They, they went no. up and poked him. They went up the and entire DNC was like that, the too. They, I mean, oh, all yeah. they did was talk about Trump. It just looked like an award show and everybody was just shitting all over Trump. It seemed like it was just flailing to me. Like, this seemed like an epic, unprecedented disaster. I mean, am I wrong about this? Uh, my issue, I, and I didn't watch a lot of the speeches in full full disclosure, but um, and I, I, I heard Crowder kind of break it down. And I, I agree mostly with what he said, which was, this is, to me, what I saw was mostly an identity politics parade. Like, Oh, my well, God, I put, know. Put the Muslim out. Put the black guy out. Put the transgender person out. Put the midget out. Sorry, little person, whatever. Did you see that First guy's transgender. little? Transgender. Did you guys see that little person joke or to uh, you guys? I'm talking to one person. Did you see the, the little person joke at the DNC? Uh-uh. So they have a guy come out and he and he's like, oh, I know Hillary and Hillary will always stick up for the little guy. Uh, 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 oh, he's a midget. Oh, oh. And everyone's like, uh, yeah, we get yeah. it. I know you're not going to uh, get a lot of specific policy out of either convention. I think it's fair to say, you know, you didn't get a lot of specific policy out of the Republican convention either. But to me, this was just a parade of look how many different kinds of people are here. The celebrity I angle really pissed me off. Like I didn't watch very much of it, but I caught Chloe Moritz or whatever. I caught her. I caught her speech. She, that girl's like newly 18. She was raised by a single mother. She's really butch. And she has two brothers and they're both gay. So she's it, got a man. She's a champion. Gold medal oppression. Yeah. Olympics. But you want to tell me that like her being butch and her two brothers being gay, like everybody in her family having like a gender issue is not related to them being raised by a single mother. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I mean, just I'll, saying, I'll leave it to the are, professionals to break down that psychology. But it was a victim hierarchy, like just parade just out the yang. Yeah. And Katy Perry sucks also, by the way. <laughs> Katy Perry's the worst. All right, get your she's Katy just Perry rant out of the way. I don't know. I mean, you can just tell she's probably IQ 80. She's got a nice pair on her, so she's yeah, not. Yeah, I, I still would. To be clear, I still would. But yeah. as most people, you're a liar if you say you wouldn't, everyone out there. I don't know. Have you seen that picture of her? Yeah, my brother showed it to you. The picture of her yeah, without your, makeup on. Your brother's wrong. He's he's very keen on a lot of issues. He also says <laughs> Mila Kunis is not attractive. Okay. Okay. She doesn't look a bit like an alien. I mean. As I said, when we were talking, the thing I like about Mila Kunis is both that she is possibly the hottest chick in the world, in my opinion, but also she spent all that time with uh, Macaulay Culkin, which makes me think I have hope because if <laughs> Macaulay Culkin can land that for the better part of a decade, it's no telling what I could do. <laughs> Uh, in a worst case scenario but now you know we'll, we'll figure it out anyway we, we're getting derailed here Not <laughs> where did where did this even start what uh, were we talking about? we were talking about kazir khan we were talking about the dnc um here's my issue with because i don't i don't want to say the republicans had a perfect convention either the criticism of the republican convention from the democrats from other people is that it was too dark it was too doomsday it was too gloomy <laughs> that's think, so stupid oh my god well i mean i mean i think to some extent that's true but this is what's interesting to me is because 
when I was breaking down the footage of the the sunscreen cry kid and the the fear god uh, uh, armed infidel guy, to me I was like, this is Doomsday Dan against Pollyanna Paul. Okay, yeah, yeah. Doomsday Dan is probably a little too paranoid, but at least he is aware of the problems. Whereas Pollyanna Paul is like, we're all gonna be fine once we just hug each other enough. Yeah. I mean, if I have to pick between a little overly cautious and someone who's like, nope, no problems here. We'll just hug each other and it'll be a big rainbow coalition embrace. Man, I'm taking Doomsday Dan. At least yeah, he's, I agree. At least, at least he's <clears throat> worried about some things that we probably should be worried about. Interesting fact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I read 61 speeches on the DNC on night one. No mention of ISIS. Yeah, they're delusional. They're They're totally delusional. We have serious problems if people think that we don't, you know. We might be on the precipice of just a near economic collapse right now. I worry about that more than almost anything else, almost more than Islam. Yeah, I, I, I'm wary of this idea that we're going to love our way out of a lot of problems. And that was one of the hard hitting moments of Hillary's speech, right? Was love Trump's hate. Well, some people hate us a lot. Oof. And we can't hug them enough to erase the hatred they have for us because the hatred no. they have for us is violent in nature and is you die or we die uh, in its in its construction. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. That stuff just makes me cringe. The the of course, our default should be love um, when that's possible. But you can't love. Should your it? Way out of I mean, should it, though? A healthy dose of hate keeps people safe and protecting their own. Do you just embrace saying. the characterization of it as hate? Because I just I, I think of it as just like realism about a problem. Or do you um, actually say, yes, hate? I don't know. I mean, I hate a lot of things. Like, like if somebody does something really heinous and I hate that person for it, I think that that's justifiable and healthy hate. As a society, we hate rapists and murderers, don't we? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's fair. I don't think... I, again, well, if they want to conflate like... It's all about conflation. So the hatred the hatred they're talking about is the honesty of being like, mm, you know, militant Islam has been cutting off a lot of heads lately. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. That's hate. I mean, I've ne I don't have, and I don't think you do either, I don't have any, if you even want to characterize it as prejudices that are not based in some level of, uh, in some level of observable fact. You know what I mean? I mean, do you? Right. Do you even if you granted the premise that you hate Muslims, which of course we don't, nobody here hates the people. It, it is a, it's a worry about the idea and the actions that, that kind of come out of that idea. I mean, I, I certainly but, hate Islam. I can yeah, say Yeah, the that. idea, the yeah. ideology, or are you going to go full blown? I hate all the people. No, I'm not saying I hate all Muslims. I mean, and then thing about that is that we need moderate, moderate Muslims, I use that term, you know, loosely, but we need them to reform from within. Um, that's the only way we're going to get this problem under control. So it's not like, you know, I hate all Muslims. No, like we need some moderate Muslims that love Western values to like get into their own communities and, you know, de-radicalize people. That's what we need. We can't do that on our own. Yeah. I just don't know how that happens. Uh, I, I understand how they can come to the U.S. and secularize and, and modernize in within the United States. I just don't know right. how that happens in Afghanistan, for example. I mean, in a place uh, that yeah. is basically mud huts and opium farms, and that's it. I, I don't I mean, know. What do we do when we topple ISIS? Like, what, what? This is just a hydra. Like, there are other Islamic groups that are equally as vile, just waiting in the wings. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what we do. We're gonna have to like occupy a bunch of these countries until they actually have democratic elections i i guess i mean but I, nobody wants to do that either what's the long-term plan here i don't know this has been too much hate speech for my taste though this is way <laughs> this show is just yeah throwing you over the edge you're going back to the left <laughs> the re-cucking yeah i just i'm just annoyed that basically the democratic convention kind of baited republicans and trump in particular on all these issues to be to try to make him look quote-unquote hateful and to some extent, he took the bait yeah. because I don't know if people are buying it or not. But any time that it looks like you're ripping on a military family or a service member or in particular a gold star family, it just it's hard to explain people the nuance of that and to get past yeah. the emotional reaction of being like, well, that's just wrong, period. 
Well, the average uh, person is is really easily emotionally manipulated. Like after the Chelsea and um, the Hillary speech, my mom, who is a pretty avid Trump supporter, texted me and she's like, well, I want to see a woman president before I die. And her speech was so moving. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me, mom? Like we're text battling. And then like she texted me this morning. She's like, it's OK. I woke up with a different, you know, I'm back to Trump. Don't worry. It was just a one day thing. But I was, yeah. like, so disappointed. I'm, like, you know, a pretty smart lady over here, just totally swayed by one old woman that's, like, I'm going to be your advocate. My mom's, like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it was. Like, is this what middle America looks like? If this is what we're dealing with, we might be screwed, guys. I, I, if you're listening, I mean, sorry, mom. I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is an emotional power in that. Um, and if it happens, I mean, that will be a historical moment. But I will get over that in about 30 seconds. Because yeah, the idea and, of, I mean, the idea that we should vote for someone based on genitalia it might be emotionally appealing for a little bit. But when wait, you wait, sit, what did you just say? Did you say it would be an emotional moment if she got elected for you? It wouldn't just be immediate dread. I shouldn't just, say just an emotional under the moment. weight of the that, dread of that, what's that, coming from the country. Right. That's I shouldn't say. It's not like I'm going to I'm not going to get sunscreen in my eye. That was even gayer than what you said earlier. Yeah. Well, what I, OK, I'll put that out in the air. What I said earlier before the show was. <laughs> That the song, because we were audio testing and I said, say something. And then I was reminded of the song, Say Something, which I forget what, the, what's the name of the band, but it's the guy and Christina Aguilera. And Christina slays that song. I don't care what you say. You can, oh, that's the gayest thing you've ever said. Yeah. Christina slays that song. You guys heard it. You all heard it. She does. <laughs> um, I saw Christina Aguilera on Chelsea Handler's Netflix show a few weeks ago and it was God awful. Really? It was, just, it was just the two of them sitting around like, is this great? Just two powerful women being powerful women together. What sort of powerful feminine topics would you like to discuss? It was awful. I imagine that's kind of what it's going to be like once Hillary's president. It's just going to be soaking in powerful woman moments every day, all day. Ugh, Chelsea Handler's vile. I feel like I never watch any of her content, but I've still seen her tits like 500 times. Why is that? I don't think I ever have. Is, I, I'm not. I'm not familiar with her career, though. Is it all in movies or? Give me a list. Give She's me a, a comedian. What I need to see. Well, I don't know. She has her own show. Does she just have them out on? By which you mean she? I think is, she like tweets, revealing clothes. She, or? No, no. She like takes pictures of her stage where she's showing her tits, like riding on a horse, like topless. It's really weird. And then I feel like she's constantly talking about her abortions too. Oh man. Well, that was the other thing. We we could probably get into that at some point. I would like to talk about some rnc stuff one of which was the chef oh, yeah. abortion chick that i talked to that is the new thing as someone who i you know i still consider myself generally pro-choice however i'm fully aware of the moral dilemma at play here and as a matter of i mean a lot of people say it but i think it's true um i'm i'm wary of dictating that decision for other people pre-viability however i don't think i would ever want the abortion of my child and you know i think most pro-choice sensible people are somewhere kind of aligned with that however the new trend is shout your abortion abortion pride go out in the street i mean if you grant the premise that it's a medical procedure which most of these pro-choicers do you want to characterize it as a medical procedure who the hell shouts their medical procedures in the street Cavalry. Yeah, really. shout your pap smear guys yeah who and why and my brother made this argument a few days ago, but like the very fact that they have to shout their abortion to normalize it, that in and of itself is indicative of guilt about the abortion. So, you know, they're trying to satiate some sense of guilt that they have because they know what they did is murder their child. And that chick from the RNC, when you release that footage, I hope that girl dies. I swear to God, I hope that girl dies. Whoa. <laughs> what a because vile... She said, you should be proud about this. I'm absolutely saying this because you should be proud about it. I'm like, what a vile human being. Like, oh, I killed my babies. It's like that girl. Have you seen that meme before or that, uh, that gif? Um, it's like the super leftist no. girl. She's like sitting on the ground making a poster oh, and somebody asks her about it. And she's like, I kill my babies. I, To your point, I do have a gut level reaction of disgust for someone who sees no moral issue at play here any i mean obviously uh if you're pro-choice you should still see the moral dilemma and the the excruciating decision that is at play and if you can't see that to your point yeah i i am skeptical of your sense of humanity to be honest 
Yeah. But anyway, this is the God, this show is just dark right now. This is like the <laughs> this is like the Republican National Convention. It's all hate and hoping people die and whatever. <laughs> whatever. This thing that like violence solves nothing is nonsense. Violence solves lots and lots of problems. I I, I don't understand. It's been solving problems for centuries. How long till the FBI? <laughs> yeah, really. Seriously. My internet's been really spotty lately. I'm worried, so. Yes, we're getting kicked <laughs> off the air very shortly. Um, you want to talk Kathy Ray Coleman because she's my one of my. Yeah, sure. She's like my favorite underrated story of the RNC. Um, I think you had mentioned it in one of the audio podcasts we did, but, and, and I actually showed it in the video, the latest video I did. So she's a person who showed up at the convention to this protest speaking site with the podium and there were the Jesus freak, like this Westboro Baptist style group that was just yelling heinous things the whole time, but they were great at provoking, uh, funny reactions from people. So they were out chanting, um... I don't know what it was, just anti-abortion, anti-homosexuality type stuff. I can queue up the video. Well, but Kathy Ray Coleman is this activist, as far as I can tell, left-wing activist who's taking issue with the things that they're saying. So let me let me cue this up as I, I put a little bit in my video, but not everyone's seen that. So we'll get an idea for who she is here. Sorry, it's kind of choppy. Maybe it'll stabilize. Let have a vagina. Okay, so they're going back and forth about abortion. This guy starts going off on her. Close your eyes, horse. Okay, and then at the end, she says something that's important. Let me find that. What about the baby's choice, woman? It's not about skin, it's about sin. We'll be speaking over there in a minute on the murders of 11 black women. Okay, so she will be speaking over there in a minute. And that's important because (laughs) she came to Cleveland with less than a clean record. (laughs) Oops. That's right. Cop-infested Cleveland, which, by the way, there were like three cops for every protester when we were there. Seriously, I have never seen more cops in my life. Really, so she never. shows up. She shows up to Cleveland, and what happens? Let's cue that up here. I love, I love this clip. Stop resisting. Okay. They've been trying to put me in jail for a long time. Why would you show up to this place with like 50 million cops? What you doing? I thought that was kind of the end of it. I thought that was the extent of the comedy, which is sufficient as far as I'm (laughs) as far as I'm concerned, because if you're that big of an idiot to show up to the most cop infested city in the country when you have a a warrant, a felony warrant out for your arrest, which I've read is assault. I don't know the details on the charge, but it's a felony (laughs) assault warrant or a a felony assault charge against her. Okay. That must be something. I mean, right. I would imagine. I mean, I don't know how that breaks down. I know sometimes like there are stiffer laws and so something that doesn't seem that bad can still be felony assault. But in any case, it's bad charge. You don't want to get arrested for felony assault. So you probably shouldn't show up. Okay. I know. I'm digging into her a little bit more before the show today because I thought this might be a fun thing to talk about. Uh, What did Billy Mays say? But wait, there's more. Uh, Peace be upon him. R.I.P. Billy Mays. Uh, (laughs) There's video of her arraignment in the courthouse. So let's check that out. Let me pull that up here. Oh, no. God, I love stupid criminals. They're just the best. I'll put the volume here. Counsel, if you could please step over to the podium here, Ms. Coleman, as well. Looking good. Charged with resisting arrest. Okay. 
Just going to start interrupting the judge. Here we go. As a resident of the RNC, they attacked me. They attacked me. I was the only person attacked out of 10,000 people giving a speech on police brutality. Thank you, Your Honor. The only person attacked out of 10,000 people. By which you mean the only person arrested out of 10,000 people that day, which I don't think there were 10,000 protesters ever at any point, but maybe 1,000, maybe two. The only one no. arrested. Uh, and why? Well, she says because she was speaking on police brutality. No, no. Showing up with a felony warrant for assault for your arrest. Stupid criminals. I mean, I had I known at the time, I would have loved to talk to her, but we didn't know who she was. Didn't know what her deal was, but I love the arrest footage. <laughs> They've been trying to put me in jail for a long time. <laughs> this maybe martyrdom. Should, maybe should have hidden better, I think. I My know, God. right? I don't know. Oh There's not much God. more to analyze about her other than just the stories. It's just one of those, like, I don't know. I haven't seen too much reporting on it outside of Cleveland itself. There's reporting in Cleveland local, but I've not seen, obviously, any kind of broader coverage of it. Um, and I just, I love stupid criminals. I love, I love that stuff. It's everyone does. I think it's why you like to watch cops. That's why everyone loves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that show still on or I doubt it. I don't think so. I haven't seen it for a good long while. Um, what else you got more to say on Kathy or should should we move on? Just, just worthy of a few lulls. That's all. (laughs) I'm so bummed that we didn't go to the DNC. I just cannot <laughs> believe that it was the bigger event. I can't believe it. Yeah, I I would have liked to get some on the ground footage to assess how big this kind of uh, Hillary protest was, this sort of insurgent Bernie forces, because mainstream media makes it seem like they weren't very strong, but some people seem to think otherwise. And I think justifiably so. I think they should have a right to be pissed. Uh, you want to talk um, the MTV news bit? I wanted to get that coverage in too. Yeah, because yeah, I only watched it once. But go even, even some of the alternative media, which, by the way, MTV News, like, what can I say about them? It's a bizarre. The people they have on their channel really bizarre. They've got Francesca Ramsey, they've got Anna Marie Cox now, and this other guy who's in this video. But some of the most absurdly slanted reporting and analysis yeah. I've ever seen. Isn't Lacey and, Green an MTV creation? Yes. Uh, I don't know if it, she has her series called Brawless. On, I don't know if it's MTV News or just MTV generally, but that's where she has her stuff. This is, um, I don't know. I mean, ideologues is a, a generous way of putting it. These people are so deep in their echo chamber. The things that come <laughs> out of it are just purely insane. One of which is this clip Like, uh, this is what blows my mind about MTV News, okay? You and I are by no means professionals, right? Like, we have to scrounge together a a chunk of money to get to Cleveland and try to talk to people. And, you know, I don't think... I don't think this that our coverage of it is of professional quality, certainly, like like a, a news station or something like that. However, MTV News is somewhat a professional organization yeah the quality of their reporting not just the people they have on camera and on mic but just the the equipment itself the production value itself is garbage it looks like this was recorded on a potato uh it sounds awful it's really it's really soft it looks awful the the camera quality is terrible and the people on screen will say some of the most absurd things you've ever heard (laughs) so let's i don't want to uh i'll just get right into it i don't want to spoil what they say let me cue that up uh whoops no we want mtv news here we go so it's what are their names i have to bump up the volume on this because it's so soft jameel smith and anna marie cox anna marie cox however you say it it's about six minutes here try to be quiet and hear what they have to say because she says something just crazy Right. 
So Which there are no blue people. Right. And <laughs> there so are people who take jobs <laughs> that have blue uniforms. If, you know, criminal justice reform is something you believe in, if changing the systematic, you know, lynching of black people is something that you think yeah, needs to be stopped. Metaphorically or, or literally, yes. Yeah. Then do you have a candidate? Right. And yes, you have a candidate. If you are against the systematic lynching of black people. You have a candidate, <laughs> says MTV News, and says Jameel Smith. Yeah, metaphorically or literally. Really, literally. I, I, w I would like to know, where are these systematic lynchings of black people? I, I have not seen coverage of that. <laughs> MTV God. News, send, send, the, send that information my way, because that's pretty interesting. Not to mention Donald Trump's endorsement of it. It's yeah, very really. clear, you see. If you, it's, it, you see those memes around about where candidates stand on certain, on certain issues, you know? Like they're made to look like a pamphlet or a mailer or whatever. If it said systematic lynching of black people, it showed Donald Trump and be like, yes. And Hillary Clinton would be like, no, bad idea. I mean, You've God. got your candidate. God. Unbelievable. And Donald Trump says blue lives matter. Well, there are no blue people. <laughs> Oh, okay. it's so cringy. And here's the moment of rage, right? These these people are paid. The, 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 these people are making a healthy living, presumably. I mean, I know Anna Marie Cox is a pretty big deal. I see her all over. I saw her in real time the last couple of weeks. The, they are, quote unquote, professionals in this field. And that is the type of stuff that's coming from them. Unbelievable. How do we steal their jobs? MTV <laughs> News. I will put on your bullshit ideological lens. Just let me replace Anna Marie Cox or oh, yeah. Jamil Smith or whoever. Yeah, yeah. No integrity. I reiterate. I have no integrity. We, we are if for it, sale. If, if it pays me a lot, I, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of ideological bubble do you have to be in where somebody says something that insane and you nod and be like, oh, yeah, let's yeah, got no issue with that. Systematic lynching of black people sounds about right to me. And of course, it's yeah. the Republicans who are the racists, right? This isn't, this isn't, uh, this is what the people who hate racism are talking about. Talk about inflammatory racial language. Talk about ripping open racial wounds. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Well, she's a middle aged white lady. So she's harboring a fair amount of white guilt. And then he looks like a young millennial black man. So he's been told his entire life that he, every failure he has ever had in his entire life is caused by white people's oppression. Um, so, you know, she's just pandering to him and, and he's eating it up. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening there. Ugh, They're just jerking even... each other off. This is just a big jerk off session always on MTV. God, is this a YouTube channel, MTV? Or do they like MTV actually News. show this? Oh, oh, I don't I don't know if it's broadcast on TV. Who the hell watches TV anymore? I, don't I know, know. I know. That <laughs> uh, occurred to me the other day. I was like, huh, I wonder if, as they, as, if they do that. Even. As far as I know, it's just the YouTube channel, the same one where you'll find Francesca Ramsey, um, where you'll find like I remember they did one on feminism back in Women's History Month that just drove me up a wall. That video pissed me off so much. They actually said in that because they were pissed off about um, Columbus Day in that video. <laughs> And one of the women in the video was like, Christopher Columbus was a genocidal maniac who couldn't read a map. Like, <laughs> what, what map? The, the, the noteworthy thing about his trip was that there was no map to read. How can you possibly say he couldn't read a map? Yes, he thought he was in India when in fact he was in North America. But the point, the reason we remember Columbus is because he navigated new territory, unmapped territory. But, you know, facts and feminism, they go together like uh, orange juice and toothpaste or, you know, something like that. God. I don't know. I, I feel like there's not as much analytical richness on that video as I thought there might be. It just it drove me up a wall to even see it. And of course, the numbers on that video are just abysmal. It's just hammered with dislikes, everyone ripping it. Did Nobody they just really... save all comments? No, to their credit, they've actually left them up, but they have a, a pretty large YouTube channel of like 75,000 subscribers, but their numbers are pitiful for a channel that size. Not to get into the, let's, let's talk YouTube statistics. Everyone wants to hear that. But point is, nobody's watching their stuff, and the people who are are like me who get really pissed off watching it because it's so inflammatory and fact-free. 
And what blows my mind is there's somebody somewhere in an executive chair controlling a lot of money who has made the decision to hire these people to present this information. How do I get in on this gold mine? <laughs> we we yeah. need to be opportunistic because we could do better than that crap. <laughs> I swear. Got to figure it, it out. It seems so easy, though. You don't have to think of any hard questions. You can just pander to whatever minority you're talking to about how their life has been so hard. Talk about how you hate white people. It's so easy. So easy. Uh, the identity politics and the oh god it was just it's it's insufferable i don't know i don't i don't think it's a winning strategy actually i i uh, and the polls are showing it trump is uh, ahead in the latest polls i've seen by just a couple points so of course you can't take much out of that it's well within the margin of error but this is competitive and i don't think this identity politics game i don't think this kind of pollyanna love everyone thing is gonna is gonna work necessarily for the democrats i think People, people don't think like, I don't think everyone is a doomsday Dan. I don't think everyone thinks we're going to crash and burn tomorrow, but people <laughs> see, you know, what's going on in Europe, for example, people see, um, cops being shot. People see problems that are significant and think, mm, let's nip this in the butt before it becomes a big time problem. And you don't, you don't hear that kind of stuff coming out of um, the DNC. I, I don't know how much like black lives matter coverage they did generally. I know they had, didn't they have Michael Brown's mom speak? I think she was one of those. I don't know if she gave a speech, but I saw her on stage at some point. Um, I've heard that she didn't speak. Does anybody in the chat know that is true? That would be Regardless, a decision that's to me. insane. I mean, yeah. you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, but um, but that's absolutely inappropriate to have her speak at the DNC or even there, you know, <sighs> they make, they make all kinds of choices that I don't understand, including Hillary's choice to bring in Debbie Wasserman Schultz, which you tipped me off to last week. And I, at the time I had not heard that. And I reacted live. I was like, my God, how could, how could they <laughs> possibly know. make that decision? It's irrational. It makes no sense. It just serves to, to harm the campaign. I took some time this week to try to figure it out or just think about it um, or eliminate certain possibilities. However, one of the things that's come out this week is this kind of alleged deal with Tim Kaine to put all these things in place to secure Hillary's nomination, which gets back to a lot of the leak stuff we were looking at earlier. But this theory is incredibly interesting to me. And it seems like if you buy Snopes, this debunking website as an objective arbiter of what's true and what's not here, there there's potentially some meat to it it's not it's not pure tinfoil hattery i want to read through this here so the post that's been circulating is when hillary ran her presidential campaign back in 2008 her campaign co-chair was debbie wasserman schultz let's say hypothetically after losing to obama hillary clinton wanted to be assured of the nomination in 2016 what better way to lock it down than having your campaign co-chair lead the party for this scenario to be possible, Hillary would have to not only compel the current mm. chair to step down, but also uh, for him to recommend Debbie Wasserman Schultz to lead the Democratic Party as its chair. One would assume Hillary would need to promise the current chair something in return. The chairman who stepped down in 2011 and recommended Debbie Wasserman Schultz to succeed him was Tim Kaine. Uh, and, and if we look at kind of the Interesting. way they the way they vetted this is what's true. Tim Kaine did step down. What's false. Kaine vacated the spot to run for a <clears> Senate <throat> seat uh, at the behest of President Obama. Wasserman Schultz wasn't the only DNC member considered for the chair. And President Obama, not Tim Kaine, was the main driver of Wasserman Schultz's selection. That's not enough falsehood for me to think that this is completely without merit. Because the other decision that doesn't make a lot of sense to me from the Hillary perspective is the selection of Tim Kaine. He just seems like a very right. boring Jeb Bush figure, doesn't do much for her. If he's safe, he's probably too safe. I remember the Huffington Post. Why do I continue to click on that website? Same reason I continue to watch MTV News. But the night Tim Kaine was named, Huffington Post's reaction was, party of diversity runs all white ticket. That's what they said. Like, I mean, these these mm. hyper-progressives are pissed that it's not diverse enough. You know, you got to have a woman and a person of color, apparently. But it's not um, it's not his gender or his race that that I that makes me question Tim Kaine it's just he's very boring even his speech was very yeah. boring and just being you know in a swing state that doesn't really seem like it's enough that's not the the voting block that she needs to be she needs to be targeting millennial women and mm -hmm. you know single women and uh, minorities 
Yeah. So I don't, I don't, it just didn't seem like it made very much sense to me. He wasn't really on my radar too much. She's got to win over the Bernie millennials because they're going to be the people to put her over the top. Right. And, right. and Tim Kaine, I mean, what does Tim Kaine do for that? And he's not, uh, I don't know his politics too well. I'm not super keen on his voting record, but my understanding is he's of the more conservative wing of the Democratic Party. Certainly not someone um, like Comrade Sanders, right? He's not, uh, not going to get the Bernie right. bros excited. So it's just a series of eyebrow-raising moves to me. Why would you bring in Debbie when she just harms you? Why would you pick Tim Kaine when he doesn't seem to have much tangible benefit? And all these dots connect in a way that makes those selections make sense. Of course, you can't conclude that that is why it happens. You can't really nail it down. But when everything lines up coincidentally like that, I mean, it doesn't Stranger things have happened. It's also a time when they should be, you know, particularly conscientious about doing things that are shady. And they're, they're like really out there. Like Debbie Wasserman Schultz, they were out there with like a press release that day. It's not like they were trying to brush this one under the rug. They're like, we're doing this. Yeah, that's what blows my mind. And it's, it's they were just right out there with it. It was so wild. Hil- like if you're Hillary, you want to run this on the straight and narrow. You want to eliminate all these right. pieces of evidence people can have for your corruption and your cheating and your lying and your just overall unfairness. Um, bringing bring Debbie and feeds that. I mean, if I'm if I'm Trump's Trump's campaign manager, I I hit her hard in ads, the debates, like. You cheated with with the DNC right. co-chair and then brought the DNC co-chair in right away. Uh, and all the Bernie people are just wait. supposed to get Trump in line. Is gonna, Trump's just going to rip her apart. I feel like it's going to be so easy, right? I mean... Well, I, I, I would take... I mean, thankfully, here's, here's what I would say, and I think it's kind of common opinion. If it's on the issues, if, if you were judging the debate winner on, on the issues or the substance of the debate, I would probably pick Hillary as the favorite. If it's style, if it's just entertainment, if it's riling people up, Trump will wipe the floor with her. And, and people, yeah. people don't pay attention to the nuances of issues in a debate like that. So uh, I, I, I don't think, I don't feel like Trump should be intimidated by Hillary, even though I'm sure Hillary has, Hillary has a better grasp of world politics. I'm sure for example, then right. But that's not, that's not going to help her. That doesn't fortify her position because people are sick to death of this establishment stuff. Yep. So I fail to see why that, why she would even try to play to that strength. You know, Oh, I've been establishment for 40 years. Everybody's like, yeah, fuck you, bitch. Well, there's there's some worry now that the debates like might not even happen at a worst case scenario, but there's all this squabbling over when they're going to happen because Hillary wants them up against NFL games and Trump doesn't want anything to do with that. Um, I kind of hate, uh, there's people blaming Trump for this, people blaming Hillary for this. I kind of hate both sides. I, I think, you know, pick Sunday nights or pick, pri- pick your primetime slot, whatever. Weeknight, I don't care. If it runs against football, it runs against football because that's Monday, Thursday, and Sunday nights. I mean, that's half the nights uh, in the fall, so you're probably going to run against football. These days, I am either going to watch football at the same time as watching this or I'm going to watch the debate on demand later, so it's not that big of a deal. Um I don't think Trump is trying to hide from the debates when he says, let's not put it in competition with football. So I'm not one of these people. that's like, he's afraid, but um, I, you know, I wish he would just kind of concede on it and be like, whatever, I'll debate you anytime, anywhere. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, he's going to wipe the floor with her. It's going to be hilarious. And she seems, seems so like strokey lately. Did you see that meme of her? Like, what the hell was that? I don't know. I'm pretty I, sure she had like a series of strokes right in front of her eyes. I did see it and I've not <laughs> seen the context of it. It's like 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 a noise or a, a light startled her or something. Well, yeah, but it was way more than like, whoa, it, it wasn't just a jump. It was a sustained like. Yeah, I mean, it was know, like Donald Trump making fun of that guy, that handicapped guy or that. <laughs> it was like that. We've had two <laughs> candidates do that now. Oh, oh man. Oh, God. Yeah, Although was... Trump was just being an asshole, but she m- may have had like a serious neurological problem. I don't know. I'm just not entirely convinced that she's all there. You know, she's all there. I, I think she may have really had a, a series of strokes after her head injury last year. Oh, I forgot about the injury. I completely forgot about that, actually. 
Yeah, that. Um, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I did read in some of the emails um, that Huma said that she was getting confused about people she's known for years or something, hmm. uh, something like that. You have to remind her over and over who she's going to see and and how she knows them. I she's not fit for duty. I mean. Well, I would hope that that's like disqualifying factor, you know, thirty four or something like that. I mean. The issues that everyone have uh, has with her, uh, rightfully so, are these corruption, lying, cheating issues. And for whatever reason, Hillary just seems to say, yep, you're right, and I don't right. care. <laughs> and apparently everyone in the Democratic Party seems to think that too, except for, well, we don't know. I don't know how to vet that. But I, I don't know. I'm not convinced all these Bernie people are just going to get in line. And if I were still on the Bernie train, I wouldn't get no. in line for this kind of cheating. It's garbage. Did you see the reaction uh, to Sarah Silverman at the DNC? Yeah, so she said, she got up on stage and said, hey, all you Bernie bros, you're being ridiculous or something like yeah. that. Yeah, she was booed, you know. Like, there was just, there so, seems to be so much mutiny in the party. I don't know how they're going to get under control. These people do not seem like they're just going to line up and vote for Hillary. I bet at best they're going to abstain, and at worst they're going to vote for Trump. The other, the other justification that drives me nuts is I see a lot of people saying, like, yeah, maybe she wasn't completely clean uh, it wasn't completely fair and maybe she cheated a little bit, but she would have won anyway. Well, it's the same thing. Uh, I mean, it's the same kind of argument people said about, oh, maybe this is a stupid comparison, but I remember when Deflategate was the big deal and Tom Brady was accused of cheating and people were like, well, they don't, they don't, they don't need to cheat to win and all this kind of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't care. I care about the cheating, not the outcome. Yeah, right, right, right. I don't care if you would have won with, with or without it. I just, it's, I mean, is there any is there any more important quality in a president, arguably, than honesty and genuineness? I mean, would you rather have no, perfect it's policy alignment? Or, I mean, yeah. like for, for you, uh, let's say there was a candidate that had every policy preference of yours perfect. You had 100% agreement, but had a tendency to lie, like had been caught in many lies. Would you prefer that or someone that you had mixed agreement with, but you have every reason to believe is genuine and sincere and honest. I don't know. I probably pick the honest person, but I guess it depends on the circumstances. I I'd pick honesty. Personally. Well, what if the person, the honest person was like, you know, aligned with some really dumb ideas. That's how I feel about Trump though. <laughs> what, what is like, so dumb? My my issues with Trump admittedly are less. It's hard to nail him down on policy because he's been all over the place on policy. He's said confl uh, conflicting statements on everything from tax policy to his Muslim ban to what he would do about Obamacare, all of these things. And so it's hard to nail him down on the policy preference where he where he makes me worried is when he loses his composure in his presentation like he did kind of with with Mr. Khan. I do. I mean. It's hard to say because part of his appeal is that he just shoots from the hip and doesn't care. So, I mean, if I were to advise Trump, like, be more thoughtful with your words and contemplate the consequences more thoroughly before speaking. Well, that may, that makes Trump not Trump. And that makes him more of a Jeb Bush or someone else who's really boring that nobody likes. Uh-oh. I got a dog breaking in here. Hold on. <laughs> Talk to the crowd. I'll be back in 30 seconds. What am I supposed to say? What's going on in the live chat, guys? I've got to talk to you for 30 seconds. <sighs> okay, okay i got him out but yeah so so that's my i don't know i lost my train of thought i don't remember where we were going ah oh, me neither what were we talking about we were talking trump not being trump if he was not shooting from the hip all the time yeah so so to the hypothetical of um i don't necessarily have to have perfect policy alignment if i buy the person as genuine and sincere and of course um I don't necessarily have to think Trump is 100% honest for this hypothetical to uh, work because he's being compared to someone who is just openly dishonest. Right, right. Uh, I mean, uh, Hillary to me is, is that's why this Debbie Wasserman Schultz stuff just strikes me as like an open embrace of the lies, an open embrace oh, yeah. of the cheating, yeah. an open embrace of the corruption. Back to Kazir Khan, too. It's kind of interesting to me, too. It's like you're going to rip on Trump because he has hesitation about Muslim immigration, whereas... You know, your son went to a Muslim country, was killed by Muslims uh, in a war that Hillary voted for. 
maybe worthy of some policy criticism. I mean, right. I, I'm not going to tell someone how to handle their, their son's death. That's terrible. And do whatever you want. But to blame Trump, to lump Trump in with this blame just makes no sense to me. Trump had nothing to do with it. And as far as Trump's inconsistencies go, I think that a lot of those can be explained with him just having acquired new information about a subject. I think that he he makes different decisions when he has more information. And that's something that we want. That's that's a quality of an intellectual. Um, you know, you don't it, it's true. You don't want somebody <laughs> no, to be hardline all the time no matter what. I'm, I just he does have I, a 60 IQ. I'm not la- is it that high really? I've read it's that high. Yeah, he's he's mental level. At least. I was I wasn't laughing at your reasoning. I was laughing at the characterization of Trump as this kind of thoughtful intellectual, contemplating like this tweet is going to be the best, you know. And like I'm, I've been contemplating it for days. It needs to be perfectly worded. And he's no, Rosie I mean, O'Donnell he's a is brash, a fat pig. Brash what a waste of space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> ugh. Yeah, I mean, I think he's adaptable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, are the debates going to be policy-centered or are they going to be just kind of uh, vetting of character? Because if it's vetting of character, yeah. Hillary's in trouble. If it's if it's very policy... I guess it depends on who's able to kind of take the dominant role and how the moderators direct the uh, the debates. Because if, it, if it's battle of policy ideas, uh, I'm less optimistic for Trump. Um... I don't know. I think that people should con- continue to underestimate Trump. It's just the the cuck that's left in you, Skag, that's making you underestimate Trump. He's coming. No, I mean, to be clear, I actually do think he's going to win. I, I honestly do. Do you? That's yeah. Good. I, I mean, he needs to turn a few states. He needs to. He's polling well in Florida. He's ahead in Florida. Mm-hmm. I think the last poll had him ahead in Ohio. And if he could flip Pennsylvania, it's basically over. And it's neck and neck in Pennsylvania. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, th- it's those three states and some others. If you flip those or even, you know, if you flip one or two of those and then, you know, something else elsewhere, you know, maybe you get a Colorado or maybe you get, um, you know, some other tradition, uh, some other uh, swing state that's been swinging Democratic lately. I just am not optimistic that Hillary turns out the votes because at the end of the day, there's a certain degree of enthusiasm behind Trump that is not behind Hillary. Exactly. Exactly. And then there's so much peel off from the burning crowd as well. Yeah. Well, have you noticed, too, we're running out of time shortly here, but some people were tweeting me, too. There's like so much weird attacking of Jill Stein lately. Like I watched yeah, real time and yeah. it was Cornell West. We saw Cornell West in Cleveland. We were right next we to did. We did. Cornell West against Barney Frank on like all these issues of progressivism and Jill Stein, whether or not you should vote Jill Stein. And everyone's debating, like, is Jill Stein a viable candidate? And all of a sudden we're getting this character assassination of Jill Stein. I don't know. I, who cares? Uh, I, I don't yeah. know what you do if you're a Bernie bro, because I would advise anyone against effectively. I don't know. I mean, there's arguments to be made. I do think you're kind of throwing your vote away if you go the Jill Stein route. But at the end of the day, you know, just don't vote. If you love Bernie, just stay home. Just, just smoke don't a bowl, vote. man. Smoke a bowl. Yeah. Just think about your future, <laughs> where you're going to play, what street corner you're going to play your guitar on tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Just don't think about it. Don't vote. I, I am so interested to see this all play out, though. I, this is I've always been a fan of political right? theater. This is yeah, this is the best show to hit the stage in my lifetime, to be honest. I mean, the last two were kind of interesting, I guess. But uh, Sarah Palin made 08 interesting. But I mean, 2012 uh, was a total snooze fest, to be honest. That was yeah. a boring one. But this some real things are happening. Is someone telling Sarah Palin to shut up? Because I haven't heard anything from her at all. I mean, I know she endorsed Trump, but I haven't heard much from her since. They just kind of decided nope. it was a bad idea to let her talk or what happened. Yeah, I mean, she's pretty dumb. She's pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. And it's a shame about that white trash daughter, too. <laughs> yeah, well, didn't she? She just got married to someone big and famous. I forget. Did she? Yeah. Who did she? I'll look it up. But she has two kids from several from two different fathers, right? Uh, mm, I don't know. Let me see. Let's go to the old Wikipedia. Ooh, interesting fact: Bristol Palin and I share a birthday, October eighteenth. Oh, really? She is exactly three years younger than I am. Uh, Bristol Palin is an American public speaker and reality television personality. That's a pretty generous uh, description. 
oldest children of Todd and Sarah, or oldest child of Todd and Sarah, teen pregnancy and prevention spokesperson. Who is she married to? Uh, spouse, Dakota Meyer. She was formerly married to that Levi Johnston kid. Dakota, oh, Dakota Meyer is a uh, Medal of Honor recipient Marine. So that is some highly prestigious, uh, that's a highly prestigious spouse, I would say. Hmm. So good for her. Yeah, she's had some work done that looks really good, too. She made herself, like, way hotter. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, somehow we got an hour out of this. <laughs> we talked the hour away. What the hell did we even talk about? I don't know. I've, a lot of uh, dark <laughs> topics, a lot of, you know, I'm sure what MTV News would characterize as hate, all of that. Uh, Always come to Beauty and the Beta for hate speech. Yep, and send your condemnation of our hate speech to beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. <laughs> That's where it goes. Uh, so, yeah, we'll wrap it out. Uh, thank you kindly to the live viewers and the live chatters. If you're listening on demand on YouTube or on an audio platform, thank you for supporting the show. Uh, I just mentioned the email. I'll say it again. Beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We'll take your questions, requests, or suggestions there. We'll be back next Sunday with a secret special guest. Who will it be? Find out then. I'm not telling. Remember, if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd. It is not me, the press. It's PD and the Beta. We'll see you then.